Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of You, Me and a Mug of Tea. Today's episode is uh, quite unique in its nature because the guest that I have with me, she is also, I think, she has given me a very unique podcast as well. She is one of my friends who is, um, how can I say, who is not a typical girl, you know, and uh, by that, I mean that she has so much to share and so much to tell us. And from a very young age, she has been hustling on her own. She has been living an independent life. I have seen her work so much just to sustain and support herself in China. We met in Beijing and uh, we were in the same university. And back then she was just an 18 year old young girl who was just discovering herself while also navigating her her life uh, through these challenges and uh, being in a foreign country and mingling with all the foreigners and the local Chinese people. I mean, it was tough for all of us, but at such a young age when you have to work and hustle and study and, you know, take all these things hand in hand and also maintain a social life. I think she is definitely one of the people that I know in my life personally who who just um, are capable of doing it all. Like she doesn't just talk the talk. She also walks the walk. So her name. Yeah, I need to reveal her name. Her name is Anna Sofia Guerrero. Anna Sofia Guerrero. So I always called her as Anna Sofia Guerrero every time. I was happy, I was sad, I was excited, I was angry, I was whatever at her. And I just always just exclaimed her name, Anna Sofia Guerrero, and she would respond, yeah. <laughs> so it was really fun. And she is from Venezuela. And uh, it was, I, I think she's the only person that I know from Venezuela. But right now she's settled in New York, USA because of uh, some pandemic related issues and that she will reveal herself actually so this podcast is unique in its nature how because she told me she has this really cool equipment because she is quite tech savvy and she loves to explore and discover and polish her talent so she also invests in polishing her talents so she has this really cool equipment so i decided okay instead of doing a skype call recording with her why not have her tell her story like an audio diary I was on the call with her online on WhatsApp and I was asking her questions and she answered all her questions. Yeah, questions. And she answered all her questions quite skillfully. And uh, yeah, so I'm not going to be there in this podcast. It's just going to be Anna Sofia Guerrero uh, talking about her, her life, her the way she dealt with the pandemic, the way she uh, dealt with the loss of her close friend during the pandemic and her sexuality and her loving relationship with her girlfriend and how she's now navigating her life in New York all by herself along with her girlfriend. And also she's going to talk about, you know, her life lessons and how important therapy is actually when you're having a difficult time. There's no shame in asking for help and seeking help and if it's something to improve yourself, then why not go ahead and do it? And she also has plenty of piercings and tattoos and she's going to talk about those. And yes, she's planning to get more. So I'm not going to spoil more of what's about to come. I'm going to hand over the, not the microphone, because uh, she's practically in another time zone. <laughs> I'm going to hand over the episode to Anna Sofia Guerrero from Venezuela, currently settled in America. 
Ana Sofia Guerrero, take it over. Well, hello. My name is Ana Sofia Guerrero. I am Venezuelan and I'm recently living in Buffalo, New York, uh, with a chinchilla, a cat, and a woman that I'm in love with. Um, life circumstances brought me from COVID, like a lot of people, to Beijing all the way here. Um, it was a long way, but I'm very grateful through the journey. And well, one of the things, characteristics of myself is the fact of coming from a country that is so conservative, yet again, well, I turn out to be a lesbian, God forbid. Um, and it was very easy for me to, it was very easy for me to realize it going to China so young, I had all the freedom to like explore myself. And the first time that I tried a woman, I realized I didn't just like it. I loved it. <laughs> I, tr I tried to, I tried to trick myself for a while saying like, no, you know, you're by, I try here, I try there, but, uh, it's not like I'm saying that it's not anything wrong with men. Not at all. Men are fantastic. It's just that women's just feel right with me. And who knows what's coming up in the future. Well, nowadays I'm sharing my life with another woman and I'm planning to do that for a long time. And she wants to. So Venezuela is a Catholic, uh, Christian country. My family, it's a high patrician, a practitioner of the religion. And I did all, all of it. You know, I did all of it that you have to do uh, from the bautism to the confession part to the, I, I don't know how the terms in English, but at this point of my life, I only need to get married by the church and die in a Catholic way, like to be like completely Catholic. So I have all the like, like steps through. So it was a little bit difficult with the family. Um, when they started like realizing that maybe there was like something, I, I fell in love with a girl in Venezuela. Well, not falling in love. I mean, we were teenagers, you know what I mean? Just teenage love. But you know, there was, there was this thing with another girl, uh, family started like freaking out a little bit. I think I had it way more easy than other families will do because I have an uncle who is gay. Um, the brother of my dad who is gay and he had it very hard. I think for me, it was like they getting frustrated, but then remembering they have a family member who is gay. So there is not such a big deal with that. So they were a little bit easier. Um, for my mom, was it harder to convince her about, you know, gay rights? Yes, we should be able to get married. Yes, we should be able to adopt children if we want to, or like raise children if we want to. And transsexuality, you know, I'm not transsexual, but you know, everything that has to do with the gay rights. It, my family was trying their best to be understandable. It just took a little while, you know, a little conversation, a little time of them with themselves to be like, okay, it's still our daughter and we love her very much. And this is just another part of her and we love her every way. So we need to love this part too. Um, and yeah, so I had it easier than other people, I'm sure. When I started the conversation with my parents, uh, I thought it would be easier to tell them that I was bisexual, you know, one leg in, one leg out. So, um, at the time, it, uh, you know, it was not that nice. Uh, my mom said something that really, uh, stayed with me for a really long time. She said something along the lines. So oh, if you are bisexual, it means that you still like men. That means that I hope that in the future, you're going to be smart enough. Uh, which means that she hopes that in the end, I'm going to still end up with a man. 
she actually does not remember she said that and I had to remind her one a, a while ago that we had this conversation and I remind her and she's like I don't remember saying that and it's like okay it doesn't matter but I mean I'm not taking that away I mean I'm not taking that away yeah maybe who knows maybe in the future I end up with a man like we don't know the future but it shouldn't care like it shouldn't matter right <laughs> like it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a topic it sh I shouldn't even be like standing here having to like, explain myself that I, I like woman because this should be completely normal but of course they still like love me very much and they were all like oh we will accept you anyway blah 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 uh it was not it, it for my dad was okay uh i think it was easier for him because her his brother is gay uh for my mom it took a little more of time and work and i was always like i mean i was very lucky because i was not in her house while that was happening right i was already living outside so I didn't, I didn't feel the struggle of my mother, but I'm sure it was a big struggle for her. The first time that I realized that I liked a girl, it was just a girl from my town. And it was very interesting when I think about it today, because at the moment you do not understand it. I mean, you, you know, girls, we grew up being more, you know, more touchy with each other. It's not like boys, right? Like we actually can hug and kiss and it's okay. It doesn't mean you like girls. But there was this girl and the sensations were different, but I couldn't put words into it. You know, like I, I was just like, no, I mean, she's my friend, right? Like this is how friends are. And I was, and then after her, like I was starting to feel funny with things in my secondary school. But then again, for me, it's like, no, this is how girls are because we hug like this and we treat each other like this. And now, now that I'm a, you know, like a grown up and I see back there, I was like, no, I was just being torn on by girls. You know, I was just... And I was, I was being awkward and I wanted, I wanted to be close, right? I wanted to touch, you know, I wanted to be able to hug and touch and all because I liked them so much. And, but at the moment it was just so much confusion. And, uh, and then, and then eventually very, very organically with this girl from my town, like we end up like, like kind of liking each other. And then without like saying words, once I stay sleeping over in her house and we kiss but it was not like it was planned, right? It was not like, oh yeah, like, oh, today it's, no, it just, it was so organic. And then that happened and, uh, and then it was like, oh, in the click, it's like, I think I, I think I like girls. <laughs> yeah, like, but nothing happened other than that after like years later when I moved to, to China. When I moved to China, when I moved to China and I had like all the freedom that comes by leaving your house. And, and then, yeah, just try and I say the same thing I always say it's like and then I realize I don't like it I realize that I love it <laughs> all right I moved to China when I was 17 because I wanted to have the experience that my sisters had that when they finished high school they moved to a foreign country to study a language they went to Canada but my English was already okay so after some uh, going through some companies, I'm like, okay, we're going to do China. I was 17 and very naive. And I'm actually pretty happy about it because I think I was so naive. I, I, I was not aware of how crazy the decision was or how fucked up it was. It's just like, you're, you're a little bit reckless. So you, you just like jump right into it and just, you know, I'm going to do my best in this. And I was very naive and silly. And then, you know, soundly tune happened <laughs> and, 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 uh, I was, I was very, I was very lucky to have 
to meet like some really nice people that like friends that, you know, welcome me very nicely to on, like explain me how the city works. And I was just supposed to be in China for a year. So I wanted to do the best out of it. The, the decision changed when that was back in 2014, like during the year that was in China, Venezuela started getting really, really, really bad, politically speaking, like really bad. And I started doing some research and I learned that, uh, Beijing had one of the best universities for the major I wanted to study, which is animation and production of animation. So I was like, even if Venezuela is this bad, my father at that time told me that he could not send me money anymore. That was like halfway through me, my staying in China because Venezuela was getting so bad. So he's like, if you want to study in China, he, he, this, this is why he told me, he was like, if you want to study your major in China, you're going to have to solve it yourself. Like if you want to come back to Venezuela and study in Venezuela, he's okay. he was like, I can put you in the best university of Venezuela, but I cannot do anything outside Venezuela. So if you want to be there, you got to like, you're by yourself. That's something that he told me. So my reckless, naive mind, I, I don't, sometimes I, th I think about what I was, what was I thinking about? Right. Like, but, but my, my, my reckless, naive mind is like, okay, I will figure it out. And, and I did, I mean, China gives you so many opportunities, works that uh, works under the table that can pay you very well. And, and you know what I mean? And I, and I did, and, and I, and I need, I did, I did all of those. I did every job you can imagine. I, until I found like a school that I could just stay there. I moved to Wudako to study like Chinese properly. I did a uh, Chinese, uh, I, study for my HSK already in communication university, because I was like, I want to be close to where the major is going to be. I did the HSK and I applied for my scholarship. My mother is a superhero, of course, because she handled like, my scholarship papers in Venezuela. And that was crazy. And, and then I made it and then I made it. I got my major and I studied some great three years and a half of my major uh, in China. Then the, the last semester was outside China, but it was some of the great years of my life for sure well when we met so the the beauty of the 21st building Guajao the international student building of the university that there will just be ex these student gatherings outside it either or close to it and I was just new in the university and I am I, I believe I still am maybe more before than now very very sociable like uh, like a fucking slush social slot uh, and then i and then I, I just wanted to meet everyone and everyone just seemed so interesting to me and yeah i had this longboard going on back in that time i i stopped using it but but yeah the, at the time i enjoyed it very much and I just wanted to meet all these people. You were in between, and it happens between all of these little gatherings. It happened like we chit, we chat, we chit chat a little bit here, we chat a little bit there, and then eventually, just like we start like just meeting up and just like talking, and and just and just having like a good time. I mean, uh, I also very early in my university in communication university time, I started dating like someone that was like a very close friend for you. So that was also happening. Um, I, I, I think, I think you actually came to me telling something along the lines, like, oh, like, I, I don't know, something like, you know, this is a special person for me. So, so I want to know like, who, who are you? Right. Because he's like interested in you or whatever. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, it was something like that. Yeah, I mean, that was a that was a really big waste of my time. So I don't like to think that because of that. You know, I th I think that we could have still been very good friends even if that didn't happen. That 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 dating experience that I had, but. But but yeah, it was something along the that's how that was your approach. And then we just end up just becoming good friends, I guess. I hope. Yeah, you still have them all. <laughs> I have more. I have I have I have one in my tongue right now. Yeah, I have a Yeah, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch it against the microphone. Wait. Yeah, that, that was the sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm always since i have memory i've been in love with the art of animation it's just been very personal to me all my life and since i was little i wanted to do something related with it either learning how to make movies or making comics or making just animation itself I just love it, even though I think I've never been truly just yet like good at it. I I never had like a very formal education in arts. And in China, when you get in a university regarding art major, it means that you already been studying arts for like five years before that, just in order to enter to the university. And that was something that I did not have. I think I jumped right into a very complex level of animation and arts that are a Chinese level, like I like to call it. But yet again, I am the luckiest person in the world because I had some of the greatest classmates and some of the greatest teachers that had a lot of patience in me. And I, I try my best every day. <laughs> I try my best every day to like improve my art. I, I just love the idea of having a, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of nasty when you think about it because it's almost like a godlike sensation because it's you feel that you have something that is dead or not or it's just a material thing and you bring it to life right now it has because that's actually the true meaning of animation animation doesn't come people think that the word animation comes from the word motion and it has something to do but actually animation comes from the word animus which is in latin means something that has life in it so you are literally bringing, you have the illusion of giving things life. And that's something that, uh, it, it makes my, it gives me goosebumps just by saying that. And, uh, and it's, it's so beautiful to me and I just wanted to learn it from the core. And I still, even though I, I did my animation films, I did my animation films from the university. I graduated. The first one was a uh, very difficult to me because it was during COVID. Uh, but my team teammates had a lot of patience on me. I, I did my part and and then when I couldn't continue more because my mental health was not letting me do so, they they took care of it and that was what that was great. And the, but then my thesis animation I did it by myself. So that was intense. Uh, but I, I I think I can do much better, but I can tell that I did my best at the moment and and all of these things that I have, you know, these tattoos, my haircut and my piercings, it's just, um, you gotta, there is nothing more beautiful than carrying art that is unique and is in your, is in your skin, right? It's literally under your skin. And I'm, I'm, I, I have three tattoos right now and a couple of piercings and I'm planning to do a hundred more tattoos in a future. 
if I can. And uh, and I'm just in love with it. It's just it's just unique. I don't. I I think it has something also to do with like now it's in your skin, so it's alive, right? Uh, so it's also kind of like with the animation dilemma that I have. No, but but I love it. And you just want to be a freak, right? Like, oh, now let's cut the hair and like let's put some piercings and like yeah. And then, but honestly, the piercings is just you do it once and probably you don't care about them anymore. But it hurts so much that now you don't want to take them out because it's like I don't want to go through that again. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. My piercings, well, my ears have four tattoos in total. Uh, tattoos, uh, four piercings in total. I have my thumb piercing going on, and that's pretty much it and then my my arms are tattooed like my both my 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 left and my right arm in the shoulder are tattooed and i'm scheduling the new tattoo by uh if it's not september then december hopefully um yeah i want to do my other shoulder uh and i'm very excited <laughs> well my left arm tattoo is a crow um, I'm, you know, I'm going to start with the other one so I can tell the crow story. So my right one, it's a beautiful piece, beautiful piece, uh, of a owl in space. <laughs> it's like, in like, in like an, in a galaxy. And, uh, but the thing is like, it starts in my shoulder. So my plan for this arm is that it's going to be the owl, which is an animal that is always being like a bridge between the spiritual and the terrestrial. Right. So that's why it's like out of space. And it's going to start transitioning down to earth. So it's going to be now the space. And then I'm going to start, it's very galactic colors, right? It's like pink. And now it's going to be like coming down to like greenish to earth. And then to my hand, it's going to go down to water. So it's going to be more blue, right? So it's going to transition of like the world, right? From, from the galaxies to underwater. Um, and I want to put different animals in it. Uh, so I started with the owl. Then I want to put an ox and then I want to put like, like an octopus. I still like thinking about in my, in my hand. And, um, and then and that was that one. And then the, they have this beautiful crow in my left hand that that was for a friend who is a start, who is a starting to do tattoos and he wanted to give me as a gift. And I, I didn't really know what I wanted, but given his style, I knew that I needed to pick something black and white. And at the time I was practicing my therapy, I did therapy throughout my quarantine, which is one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, I was, I was doing my therapy and my therapy was teaching me some meditation and to do meditation, I had to be in the balcony of my apartment, the apartment building in New York. So I was just in the apartment, I was meditating and there used to be a lot of crows, right? And then at some point. Uh, I was thinking about, I don't know, I had some thoughts, right? Because that's meditation. You're like focusing on your thoughts. And I had a thought, I had a sad thought. Like I, I thought something like that it was sad. And then at that moment, a crow starts singing. And, and then when I, when I thought, when I heard that, my mind started thinking like, was it the crow start singing because of my thoughts or is because of my thoughts, I start realizing there is a crow there. Um, because we, we, we relate crows with, you know, sadness and death and things like that. So, so of course the logic is like, of course, because I'm aware of my sad thoughts, I'm also aware that it's a crow. 
so I, I did that. I don't know. It was recently when my friend asked me the tattoo. So I was like, oh, let's, let's do a crow, right? Like, let's put that in there. I have, I have to admit that I have a few scars in that part of my arm. So I wanted to cover them. So I wanted to cover them. So it's interesting also to like cover them with an animal that represents a lot of my therapy era. And, uh, and so, so that's what I did. And the other one is an abstract tattoo. It's just the beginning of the piece. This guy wants to do like a whole thing in my wrist. I don't even know how to explain you how it is. It's just very abstract. It looks very like native, you know, like, like Indian, like, and, uh, once again, it's just me being a guinea pig, like, oh, you want to practice? Sure. Take my arm. Uh, so, so that's what he's doing. <laughs> No, it's beautiful. Um, that same man is going to be the guy doing my shoulder next. And and he wants to do a big piece on my shoulder. I'm trying to push him to do color because he wants to be a colorist, but he doesn't do it because he's afraid of it. So he's like, let's do some color. And he uses a lot of pinks, which I like, uh, pinks and grays. And it's very interesting. And I hope that I can get that tattoo this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so difficult to put it into words when you are just so full of, I mean, you know, I, I do know where it comes from. It's just China, that I, right now that I'm not in China, I miss it a lot. But of course, China was not easy. Uh, it's, it's difficult to be in such a different culture with different people. And everybody's just trying to do their best there. I, I think that sometimes they don't realize they're stepping on each other when... Well, they're trying to, to do their best. And, um, I, I lost a friend in China and I, I, he was, I lost a friend in China. He was killed, uh, in a trip, in a trip in China. And it was not just, it was not just the sadness of a friend being killed, but it was also to realize how the Chinese government at the time decided to handle the situation. And they wanted to label his death as a suicide, even though, even, even though he did, he was from Brazil. Uh, he was from, he was from Brazil. Wonder, beautiful boy, uh, wonderful boy. And, uh, he was in a trip throughout China with his boyfriend and it was during vacation. So they didn't have, we, we didn't have many people in the university, the offices, you know, the offices just open like on Wednesdays in vacations. and. So the boyfriend really needed help. And at the time, the only ones in the university were one friend, one of my best friends today. His name is Samuel and myself and another friend. And we had to be a little bit too involved to, to know because the boyfriend didn't know Chinese. So we learned how, Ch so it, it was like a moment of realizing that my country is very dangerous and I always felt very safe in China. So it was that moment of real realizing like, whoa, like my country is, is just so dangerous. And now I realize that China is too dangerous. It's so dangerous too. Right. And, uh, and suddenly not feeling safe. And of course, Leo, my friend, he was so young. He was like, he was like 23, not even 23. And, and he was such a, such a smart boy. I don't even know where to start. Such a smart man. And, uh, and then that happened. And of course it hit really hard. I didn't know how to process it at the moment. At the same time, I was telling myself I had no right to be so sad because I am not, 
I'm not a family member, right? I'm not like, imagine, for my mind, it was always like, oh, imagine his mother, how she's, feel, how she's feeling right now. So I was not giving myself the permission to just like really be sad about it. And, uh, and then that happened and they made me learn so many things about China and made me learn so many things about myself. I was already a little bit unstable at the moment throughout some heartbreaks here and there. So when the pandemic, pandemic hits, I saw if I, if I have decided to stay in China, just stay in the university throughout the pandemic, I probably will have not make it because I was really unstable. And I got to New York because my family was like, you're going to stay the pandemic with your sister. And my sister saw me how I was. And uh, I was just depressed. I, I hate to admit it, honestly, but I was just in such a, you know, when you became, you just become so numb. It's, you had, it's just anything. It's just the, because it's just the lack of dopamine, the lack of excitement and and it's not, and it's not like I was not doing things because I was still working. I was still practicing that art. I was still doing my stuff. I was not just laying down doing nothing that people has that misconception, but I was just so numb to it all. And, um, I was so sad. I was convinced I didn't want to, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And yeah, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And, but after a lot of mental work, a lot of it, mental work, and, uh, and thought I'm already giving myself like, I don't want to, you know, like, I don't want this. I really cannot do this anymore. I, something in my mind click and I call my, my friend Sophia and I call her and I call her asking her permission to like asking her permission, being like, if I, something happens to me, will you forgive me? Like, that's, that's what I call her for very selfish of me, of course. So I, I call her to tell her that like, if something happens to me, will you ever forgive me? And then she was like, she said like, I will forgive you if before doing whatever you want to do, you try therapy and medication. If, if you do therapy and medication and you still feel this way, then I, I will forgive you. And then I was like, okay. So so she pushed me to do the therapy and the medication and saved my life. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't recommend therapy more to people. And right now I'm just, you know, doing my stuff and saving money so I can like start like uh, being okay and then being able to like pay my therapies properly again. And because I, I really want to get back to it. It's not something that just happens then you did it for a while and then you don't need it anymore. I think you should always do some therapy. And even though I'm, I'm in a much better episode than I was before, I still, of, of course, I still feel like, oh, let I miss it. I miss it. I want to keep doing it. Probably not as often as I was doing it before, because before it was like twice a week and I was under medication, but just like doing it probably once a week, once every 14 days and just keep working on myself like that. But I, I couldn't recommend that more to people. Animation thesis was so much freaking fun, even though the struggle. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of horror and mystery uh, when it comes to entertainment. And at the time, around the boring times of quarantine, you know, being stuck in a little apartment in New York City, I I was watching a lot of videos and just spooky videos and YouTubers doing things here and there. And uh and I I 
I got caught up with this YouTuber. I will do a shout out because he's great. His name is Mama Max. And Mama Max, he does crazy videos hunting down uh, predators on the internet. And, and he actually like send like call the CIA after he discovers them. He's great. He's a superhero. And and I, throughout watching his videos, when I was trying to come up with ideas for my animation and whatnot, one day I was just watching his videos and something just clicked because he come out of these videos with like a rooster head mask just because of production. He had this rooster head and then the rooster head and it just clicks for me so hard. And I just, it's just when you have like that, those ideas, I just start writing nonstop for like two, two hours. And, uh, and I, I come out with this idea of, uh, the, the concept of the thing was like how sometimes you think that your, your fears, you know, your, your stalkers are like outside, but sometimes they can be like inside, right inside your doors. Right. Uh, because our, our fears, you know, COVID was out there, but our bigger fears were every time getting the phone and reading the news and finding out what's going on there. And then we get, and then we get screwed up. So it's like, so is this, entity that is like stalking my main character which is a girl in new york city and that lives alone is stalking my main character and she thinks that she has a stalker out there but the twist of it is that actually the stalker was like right inside her computer all the time and uh, so so i made that i want i made it like traditional animation and then pixel animation uh because there was a video game in my story so i had to make the pixels and I learned a lot. It was a good time. I I regret nothing. It was a lot of work. I almost throw up a couple of times, but I I, I learned a lot about myself and my and my capacities at that moment. Because of course you do that, then you are like, I can do anything. Um, too bad, too bad that I was you know living with my sister and I got cut off in a very big fight with her right after I finished my animation. Because I was just being focused on my work and working hard. And she thought that I was just being serious and didn't want to talk to her. Uh, and then she got angry at me. She blowed up to me and she kind of, I didn't really had a celebration for animation because I was too busy being angry at my sister. But, but now I think about it today and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that was a good time. That was a good work. Oh, Paul made the music for my animation. Uh, yeah, Paul made the music, the music for my animation and his wife made the voice acting. It was great. Paul is my Paul is my best friend in life from China. He's my big he's my big brother. Uh he I, he he saved me so many ways and I save him in so many ways and I it's just those people that his joy is my joy, right? And my joy is his joy. And He's a musician. He's doing so good right now. Oh my God, he's just getting so good so fast. He's a musician and and he work on doing. He's working full time as a musician now, and and he made all the music sound effects and voice acting for my animation, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm, uh, you're making me blush a little. That it, it makes me blush that it comes from you because I respect you so much, and then you say that it's like, oh Jesus, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, I'm gonna put it this way. So it happened in Venezuela in a similar way that happens in China. China says something along the lines of, we have no problem with gay people because China doesn't have gay people. <laughs> so so in Venezuela, and I quote that from a teacher. I didn't come out with that. Um, in Venezuela, it has something similar, but it's more because it's a country that is going through so much struggle. You are struggling so much on your basic needs. You have no time to talk about gay rights because you're surviving. So people people do have issues with gays, but it's not to the extreme that happens to all other countries that is like illegal to be gay. It's just that we have no time for that shit. Um, so because we are trying to look for food. Um, so, so that's what happens in Venezuela on that sense. Um, of course, families, you know, and because there is no, there is not a representation, there is not a speech about this, then for families are just, it's very difficult to understand, you know, when you have like, I, you know, it takes some time, but I believe from my experience that and other friends' experiences that it's not as bad as it can happen to other conservative countries. Um, now being in a country like 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 the most probably the most inclusive progressive place ever, New York, uh, especially New York City. Uh, well, it's insane. I mean, you, you did is when you realize like, whoa, this is a first world country because they have time to talk about this, you know and. And this, we have time to talk about this and these issues, and that's great. Um, nonetheless, I do have a non-popular opinion. Uh, I do not like the sense of community on this because there is nothing more different than a lesbian and a transsexual, or a gay and a and a or a gay and an asexual person, you know. And they're, they're putting this community all in the same box. And I think that that shouldn't be like that because there is nothing more different than all of these people on the same box. And, and, and then I, so it, it, it kind of triggers me on that sense. And that's why I say it's like a non-popular opinion because we shouldn't have these things anymore of coming out of the closet and as things like that, because there shouldn't be no closet. They should be the same as me just saying like, oh, I'm straight. Oh, I'm gay. Oh, okay. Good for you. Keep going for your life. You. So when it gets to the, to the point that there is people that their sexuality is who they are and not just a fraction of who they are, because it, it, it triggers me a little bit because you are much more than just a gay person and, or a lesbian, you know, the, and uh, and I also don't like that they put us all in the same box because we're all very different and we all have very different struggles. You cannot compare the struggle of me as a lesbian to a transsexual person because the transsexuals are the ones having it the way harder than anyone. So so that's why it's like, don't put us on the same box, right? So I don't like the sense of communi community. I don't like the, the, the they're putting us all in one same label because we are so different. LGBTQ, LGBTQA plus. Uh, lesbian, LG, <laughs> lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, uh, what else? Questioning, uh, uh, asexual, and whatever comes next, plus. Yeah. 
thank you yeah that's the other issue it's like yeah if we then you want to be so accepted but yet again you love to be so different you know it's like no you like you it's like a, it's like a little bizarre it's morbid it's like no i want to be different you know i want to be because i'm from the lgbtq and it's like so it defeats the purpose it's like no but i thought we we're trying to normalize in it I do some deliveries on my free time. I, I have a bicycle and I go out to do delivery. And I listen to hell a lot of podcasts while I'm doing that. So and I'm going <clears> to. <throat> so currently, and what made me make the final decision of working hard to stay in the U.S. is because the U.S. government made a, a opportunity for Venezuelan immigrants to stay legally. In, in the U.S. for a year and a half or over a year. And that's called uh, TPS. And I apply for it and with a lawyer and I'm waiting patiently with this TPS. I should be more than able to work legally and do my things legally. So the plan is, as in now, because I was, I had like no money whatsoever a while, uh, like a month ago, two months-ish ago. I I got a job in in a serving job uh, here. Oh well, I think it's that is something important that I had to say. Uh, throughout my stay in New York, I met a girl, and I like her very much. And we and I like her very much. And we were talking, and she's in Buffalo. I was in New York City, and she was coming over to visit. And sometimes I was going over to visit. And then one day I was gonna supposed to come over to visit. And then I asked, she wanted to, uh, and then she was asking me like, so when are you going to get back? And I told her like, I don't know, for how long are you okay? Like having me there. And then she said, just like, so what if, what if you don't go back? What if you just stay here? And and then I, and then I asked her, I mean, if you can help me get a job while I'm, while in my current status, uh, of course I will stay there. And she's like, okay, I will get you a job. So... So she helped me find this job at this uh, serving job in this restaurant. And so far, so good. I'm blessed with very nice co-workers again. And I've been working so much. You have like no idea the working hours. And I've been learning so much about the about life throughout. You know, you learn a lot when you do a serving job because you learn so much. The, the way that people decide to treat their servers at a restaurant tells a lot about human behavior. And so I've been learning so much about people. It's a, it's a Mexican place owned by Mexicans. And I, they've been taking me to their other restaurants because it's like a Mexican mafia. They have like nine restaurants and they've been taking me to the other restaurants, like to work there because uh, they trust me. They like how I work. So they've been taking me to other places when they need people. And they are actually offering me an opportunity right now to be manager, which I'm considering. And yeah, I'm still, I still, I still struggling because that's like a compromise, and I don't know because my plan is always being like I'm gonna work very good, I'm gonna work my best, I'm gonna save the money that I need to save, and I'm gonna do my legal process. I'm like I'm certifying, I'm like verifying, legal legalizing my diplomas that they just arrived from China. I'm gonna legalize and I'm gonna certify them, and when I'm more comfortable, I'm gonna like start applying for animation companies here. And when I get the papers through that I can work legally, I'm going to apply for the animation companies here. So, you know, that's like my, my steps. 
So now that they ask me a position of manager that is so much more compromised, uh, I, I am like, oh, I respect it. I appreciate it so much, but I don't know. Uh, so I, I actually need to tell them something today about it. Um, because it's kind of, I, I still have my, my goal of like, this is, this is just like the job you're doing the best you can in your job because you should always do your best in your job, no matter what. And I'm doing the money that I need. And, but, but you, you, your goal is animation, your goal is arts. And then, so you're, you're sacrificing a little bit. I'm sacrificing a little bit my today for the sake of having the time tomorrow. Right. Because it's very difficult to, to sustain yourself with arts. So if you are not, if you are not at least a little bit stable economically, then you shouldn't be doing arts. You first should like make, make yourself stable economically, and then you can go back to your arts. So, so that's why I'm like doing so. I'm trying to really think like keeping your goal, your, my boss say that it's completely okay if you don't want to do it. Uh, like we, you can still doing your, what you're doing today. We're just giving you the offer. So I'm like, okay, let's keep on your goal. We're in the city of Buffalo. I'm doing my best here right now. Let's follow the steps. And then I can just eventually do my arts, do my work. And I need to go back to practice arts because it's been a little while, honestly. <clears throat> A little. I mean, we always, it happens. It's a creative block, right? You get a creative block. It happens. It can last a couple of months. For some people, it can last years. So I'm, I'm trying to get back from that creative block. Uh, and it's okay. I'm not I'm trying to don't be hard on myself before I will be like, yeah, before I will be like, oh, you idiot. You know, you're not drawing. You're not editing. You're not doing shit. But right now it's like, no, you're doing exactly what you need to do right now. And when, when, yeah, when the time comes, uh, you're going to be ready for it. So yeah, that's where I'm standing today. And if it wasn't because of this girl, uh, I don't know, man, I don't know where, I don't know. I'm so lucky. <laughs> that's what I, babe, that's what I thought, but my, my girlfriend has been working and serving for like many years and they told me like not it's not necessarily the money like because in serving you can make some really good money because you make money with tips when you when you, when you're a manager you don't make money with tips you have a higher salary but you don't have the tips anymore so and it's so i also thought that i'm like of course if it's better but then my girlfriend is like it might be better in the long term you know when you compromise yourself longer with this company and these people and who they are, of, but 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 not for the short term, and that's that's what I'm aiming for, right? So that's why I'm that's why I'm in conflict right now. I'm I'm, I'm really deep in thought about it. Believe me, like I just uh, my girlfriend is like, are you, are you okay? And I'm just like looking at the ceiling, like no, I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, another adult decision, like damn it. And honestly, everything that nowadays we have a cat and we have a chinchilla. And, um, I don't know, we always joke, like everything that we do is just so the cat and the chinchilla can have a better life. So, <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, oh no, but I want to buy Henry, you know, the cat, like a castle or something. And it's like, I gotta get the, I, I gotta get the manager job. Or <laughs> She's, my girlfriend is here just laughing. <laughs> hmm. I heard. I heard a very, very fun quote the other day that said something along the lines of, I, I have seen 
beautiful things and I have seen things that are not that beautiful. And what I know is that I remember none of them. <laughs> so, so since I heard that quote, I was like, when I have nothing to say, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> no, like, honestly, honestly, <laughs> now, now more serious, in a more serious note, um, I heard another quote no, that that is that is the time is always you know whether you're religious or not time is always perfect because time cannot be changed so there mostly has to be perfect um don't be don't being hard on yourselves also don't 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 be hard on yourselves then life is already pretty difficult to make it so much harder to yourself um so that's why also don't be a victim of like you feeling different because life is already hard so the worst thing that you can do is to victimize yourself and make it harder than what it already is so don't be victims and um put on the time you know put on the time on things because things are not just going to work out by themselves uh put put on the time and yet again i say it's like times are whatever you do right now it's it's okay it's perfect because time is perfect and it cannot be changed there mostly has to be perfect so 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 be patient just put the time and don't be victims is is what i is what i can tell like don't don't make it harder than it already is um a lot of empathy a lot of empathy because you never know uh what the person beside you is going through and always tip your servers <laughs> <laughs> no for real always tip your servers because you guys have no idea what's going behind in the restaurant you guys don't <laughs> well this was it this was Ana Sofia Guerrero uh, speaking to us and I'm sure you had a lot of takeaways from what she spoke about I personally was in shock and awe when I was um, you know talking to her and she has grown so much as an individual. I remember a really goofy um, and, you know, just a carefree, not exactly carefree, but just, um, you know, like talking to everybody, trusting everybody kind of a girl. And now she sounds so mature. And even during the call, I was just so shocked. And I kept on telling her that I cannot believe I'm speaking to the same Ana Sofia Guerrero. And uh, she's also proud of the woman she's become today. But, you know, uh, evolution is a process that keeps on going on within us and uh, the way she's handling it, the way she's evolving, I'm so proud of her and all the best to you Anna Sofia Guerrero, may you get the best in life and I am planning to um, have you host another podcast for you, me and a mug of tea because you just have amazing things to talk about. Thank you, Ana Sofia Guerrero, for giving us your time. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I will be back next week with a new guest and a brand new episode. I would love your feedback if you have any. And uh, yeah, subscribe. <laughs>